Well, welcome to our weekly podcast. I am so excited uh, to share another week of, of God's Word with you. And today I got the honor of having our oldest daughter, Jill Wyndham, used to be Spiegel. She and Ron are the senior leaders, pastors at Movement Church here in Madison, Alabama. You know, Jill, it was mine and mom's plan to turn the church in Florida over to you and Ron, but God had other plans. And, had another whole plan yeah, from that. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. And you know, I remember, Jill, you know, and and uh, let me just go ahead and, and get this these preliminary things out of the way. You know, Janice and I started in the ministry, my wife and I, in the early 80s, 1981, actually, got saved in 1980. And since that time, we pastored for well over 30 years. With the founders of Safe Harbor International Network of Ministers, Journey School of Ministry, and GraceChannel.com, which uh, these are resources to help get you rooted and grounded in God's love, kindness, grace, and mercy toward you. Because if you get well on the inside, your life's going to get a lot better. But going back to what I said just a second ago, we had intended, and you, and you guys were really running the church, you know, and. And I was flying in and out and, you know, and preaching and, and y'all were really doing everything. But I remember being unsettled, and, and you guys were unsettled without us even talking about it. So long story short, we had a family meeting about what are we going to do. And I asked you and Rod this question. I said, do you see yourselves pastoring this church for 10, 15 years? Mm-hmm. And your response, y'all's response was not really, but we'll do it for you. Yeah. That's why well, that's not a reason. Yeah. You know, it's got to be a God called reason. And so from that point, we decided after almost 21 years in Florida that Janice and I, Rod and Jill, Lori and Seth, our youngest daughter, her husband, who were all on staff, loaded up the truck and moved to North Alabama, where close to where. Janice and I grew up, and Jill spent her early years of life, and and you know I've I've told that story, Jill, about you guys being willing to do it for us, mm-hmm. and uh, that t- that took a lot of a lot of humility, it took a lot of courage, uh, but we all knew that that's that's not the the plan of God, and 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 when I look at what has happened in Movement Church, you know I'm so thankful that uh, we made the move. Me too. Yeah. I'm an Alabama girl, so yeah. I'm, I'm thankful. It's been a, it's been 10 years so far um, that we've been here, been back in Alabama, and Movement Church is about to celebrate our ninth birthday, and it's it's flown. It's coming up right away, huh? Yeah, just yeah. this coming Sunday, actually, we're celebrating our ninth birthday. But right. it's interesting that we're talking about trouble because those were nine years with yeah. a lot of trouble yeah. in them. Mostly good yeah. things, but yeah. a lot of trouble. Yeah. In those years. Yeah, and, so. to, and today what we're going to be talking about, and, and I think it'll really be a blessing to you. You might want to get a pen and pencil out and something to write on. And, of course, if you're driving down the highway, you can't do that. But uh, but listen closely because we're going to talk about things to remember when you hit times of trouble. Yeah. You know, um, let, let's just jump right in. You know, let me just go ahead and, and, and say this. Um, you know, first of all, when we're facing trouble, one of the primary things we have to remember is trouble comes to everybody. Everybody. Everybody has trouble. You know, everybody has trouble. You know, uh, you know, I don't care how positive a person is. 
I don't care what their position is. Everyone has trouble. Matter of fact, listen to scripture. In, in, in John 16, 33, it says, Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Said in the world, you will have tribulation. And, and it's, you know, one of the things that, you know, we've discovered through the years is that word tribulation doesn't just mean trouble, but it means pressure, mm-hmm. stress. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, I don't think, hardly anything more stressful than being a pastor. Right. After, after doing it for all those years, people don't think uh, that. Uh, you know, they think you, you preach on Sunday and... You show up and, the next and, Sunday and, and do yeah, it again. Yeah, and do it again yep. and everything's wonderful. Well, Sunday's know, the easy part. That is exactly what I was going to say. That is the easy part yep. of it. He said, but in the world, you're going to have tribulation, pressure, stress. It's going to be there. But... Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now listen to this verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He said, there's no temptation, trial, stress, trouble, that's not, that's taking you, that's not common to man. In other words, everybody goes through that, as, as we've said. But God is faithful, who will not suffer or allow you to be pressured, tempted, stressed, above that in which you're able. But will with the stress, the temptation, the trial, the difficulty, you know, make the way of escape that you may be able to bear. Now, Joe, that's that's one of the verses, one of the main verses, actually, that people totally misunderstand. Absolutely, yes. You know, how many times, you know, have you heard people say, <laughs> well, God's, it's where to get this from. Mm-hmm. God said he wouldn't put more on me than I could bear, but I believe he's done it this Yeah. Time. It's not at all what the scripture says. It's not even close to what it it's says. It's not. It says there's no trouble, temptation, stress, pressure that's not common. Mm-hmm. But it says when that comes, God's faithful. Mm-hmm. It does not. You know, if, if you can show me where it says that comes from God, right. that God put the pressure on you, he put the stress on you, he put all this stuff on you, if you can show me where God does that, I'll eat my Bible. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, it's not in there. We, we, we take so many things, Jill, that um, that we say the Bible says it, but it doesn't. Right. And we mix a little bit of what Grandma said oh, or yeah. Aunt So-and-So said yeah. and make it a Bible Oh yeah, truth. Well, that's what I've always heard. Right. You know, they used to think the world was flat. Right. And somebody sailed out and found out they didn't fall off and found out <laughs> this thing's round. It's not it's not flat. But he says, He will not suffer you to be tempted, tested, tried, put under pressure above that which you're able. Mm-hmm. But will with the temptation, in other words, at the moment the temptation comes, the trial comes, the stress comes, the difficulty comes, he says, I will make the way of escape. I will make the way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. That's right. And so it's incredibly confusing to me how people can take a verse like that and turn it into God put the pressure on you, but he's going to take it off on you. Yeah. Like he can't make up his mind. Yeah. Like he, and he, he's, he's schizophrenic or something, you know. You see he, what you're made of. Like yeah. you don't know what you're made of already. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Yeah. Okay, so, but you know, and let's just go back and, and, and think about this in, in the Bible. All of our faith heroes in the Bible went through difficulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Went through difficulty. Yeah, you know, we, we all go through difficulty. You know, I think we have to be careful thinking that um, 
because something's hard, God's not in it. Mm-hmm. We know he's not the source of, of hardship because we live in a broken world that we broke. So we are living in the consequences of the fall mm-hmm. every day. But at the same time, just because something is hard doesn't mean God didn't call me into this uh-huh. career, into this passion or into this place. It's not always going to be easy. And that's that's what he's about to talk about is that yeah. all the heroes that were called by God had to face difficulty. So we can't just assume because it's hard that God's not in it. That's why he created grace. It's why he gave you the ability to put up with the consequences uh-huh. of this broken world that we live in. You know, and and that scripture that, that we use in 1 Corinthians 10, that he says uh, has provided the way of escape, but we're, we're not looking for the way of escape. Right. Again, let me go back to this again just for a second. That if God created it, there's pressure, yeah. stress, the trouble, whatever, whatever you whatever you wherever you are in this, how can you go to him for help? Right. You know? He can't be the problem and the solution. Uh, exactly. At the same time. Yeah. You know, do you remember when our house got broken into mm-hmm. in Florida by somebody went to our church? Yep. Had a car <laughs> stolen by somebody who went to our church one time. <laughs> and uh, in any way... And it wasn't on a Sunday. No, no. These are the day-to-day things. Yeah, day-to-day. Yep. And I remember, you know, thinking about that you know, thinking about God did this or he allowed this, but we got to go to him for help. Right. That would be like me saying to the person who broke in our home and knocked the back window out, went through the house, ransacked the place. That would be like me saying, Janice and I are going on a vacation. Will you house sit for me? How how dumb would that be? Right. You know, you know, saying I've used a lot. You you can't get that dumb in the daytime. Mm-mm. You got to set up at night to get that dumb. Okay, but we're not looking for the way of escape. But but all of our faith heroes, you know, and, and you you said something there, Jill, that it's it's such a powerful truth that that um, when when God calls us to do something, doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Right. But He'll give you grace for it. If difficulty was an indication that we're out of the will of God, Paul lived out of the will of God. Yes. Every yeah. day since he got through off that yeah. horse was a yeah. hard day I mean, that. listen to, listen to some of these things. In 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 28, Paul said of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, minus one, in other words, 39. There was a law there. They can beat him more than that. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I spent in the deep, in other words, floating around the ocean, <laughs> around in the sea. He says, in journeys often, in perils of water, peril of robbers, peril of my own countrymen, peril of the Gentiles, perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, perils in the sea, Perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil. Listen to this. In weariness and, and toil, and, and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, and fastings often. Now think about this. In cold and nakedness. One translation says that, uh, that almost froze to death. Okay? Besides that, Besides that, these other things, 
what comes upon me daily and the deep concerns I have for the church. Goodness. And, and you know, and, and people today, they get offended, they get upset when somebody talks about them. But the look at all the... coffee order gets messed up on the way to church. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. the worst day of my life. Ah, worst yeah. day of my life. Yeah. Worst day. <laughs> worst day ever. I think you talked about that on Sunday. That's it. I said, we, our kids won't eat the right cereal, and we let it ruin the day. Worst day worst ever. Worst day ever. I can't get my coffee. Mm-hmm. Spilled some of it in the car. My, my baby... Uh, you know, threw up on itself on the way to church. Mm-hmm. Worst day ever. Mm-hmm. Worst day. <laughs> I had to stop and get gas on the way to church. Worst day ever. Got Make a flat me late. Tire. Worst day ever. Worst day ever. I've never had. No one has ever had a day like that. Here's another. Here's another. You know, faith hero. Noah. Mm. Noah worked on the ark for about 120 years. And then only his family believed him. Think about that. Believe a hundred and twenty years. Hundred and twenty years. We had like it took about five years to build that thing. Hundred and twenty years, and then when it got time, only his family believed him. You talking about wanting to throw in the time, right? You know, think about you know. I think I often think about Jesus, you know, and. And, and he preached that sermon, and he said, unless you eat of my flesh and take of my blood, he's talking about communion, he said, you have no part in me. And, and the people said, boy, this is a hard saying. Mm-hmm. Who can bear? And the, the whole crowd left. Not just one or two got up and left. I've had people get up and leave, right. like the whole bunch. Oh, yeah. And then he turned around to the disciples and said, are you going to? Mm. I think it was Peter that said, Lord, where can't we go? You're the only one. You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. Moses. In Numbers 11, 25, he was so discouraged. He prayed to die. <laughs> I get I, it. I felt like that a few times. Yep. I, I prayed that prayer, Jill, uh, many times in Revelation where it says, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come this quickly. would be a good day uh-huh. for Jesus to come. But think about that. Moses and, and the Lord, our God, Really got in an argument about whose people they were, mm-hmm. and 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 God and excuse me, Moses says, "Your people, da 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 da." God said, "They're not my people; they're your people." <laughs> and and really, then Moses says he was so discouraged. He said, "God, if you want to do what's right, kill me. I just, get it. Just let me die. Yeah, I can't take it anymore." David, he coveted Uriah's wife Bathsheba. Committed adultery, ends up committing murder to try to cover up his adulterous affair. Mm-hmm. But yet God said, He's a man after my heart. Right. You know, in, in Isaiah uh, 53, it, it gives a prophecy about how Jesus would be looked at. See, we're talking about people that we look up to. Right. You know, I think one of the one of the, the big differences in what they go through or went through and and what some of us who try to live a, a positive faith-filled life is they didn't whine about it. Maybe at times they, they like everybody else, had, had those moments. But you know, it says in Isaiah 53, 3, it says, talking about Jesus, how he would be looked at, said he would be despised and rejected of men. He'll be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we, we hid, as it were, our faces from him. 
He was despised, and we esteemed him not. We're talking about the Son of God here. Right. Who never made a mistake. Never made a mistake, but he was going to be despised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want you to think about that. Never made a mistake, but he was rejected. He understood sorrow. You know, he, under, he understood all of that. You know, one time there was a, 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 actually a friend, she, you know, she's not with us anymore, she's with the Lord, but, you know, she got upset at me about something, you know, and, and uh, said, well, you know, you and Janice and named a couple other preachers, you know, and, and, and their spouses, and said, y'all just don't understand how normal people live, whatever that normal is. Said, y'all don't understand, you know, where we are. Said, you know what, the only difference between us and other people, now, you don't have problems like everybody else. It's like Paul and all he went through. Right. People would look at Paul, they didn't know he went through all that. Yeah. And I said, you know, the only difference between us and, and, and people like us, we don't post our struggles on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't whine and complain about it. You know, we don't even talk about it publicly unless we're talking to some people that can help us. Right. We don't, Janice and I went through so many things and we don't talk about it until it's over. Mm-hmm. You're always moving in the direction you're focusing on. That's right. Yeah. All right, so always remember, trouble comes to everybody. So next time you're in a hard spot, just remind yourself, I'm not the only one that's going through stuff. I'm not the only one that's that's struggling, that's got difficulties. I'm not the other people are going through stuff. That's one of the reasons, Jill, the the one of the great values, there's so many, but one of the great values of the local church is you get an understanding. You're not the only one that's right. dealing with that's stuff. That's absolutely right. Yep. Dealing with stuff. That's right. All right, so uh, let's go a little bit further. Another thing that you you got to understand about trouble is that how long trouble lasts is often now not all the time but often determined by what you focus on. Yeah, there's a scripture in Second Corinthians four and it says, "For our light affliction, which is but for a moment." Now think about what he said a while ago. Yeah, know. all the things Paul just said. He said those things are light afflictions that just last for a moment. Yeah, work for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. This is the man who's floating in the sea mm-hmm. and was naked and was cold and was rejected and hungry and all those things that we just read. You know, one thing that you were talking about, how long trouble lasts determines on a lot of times how you've been focusing on it. How long have you yeah. been focusing on it? What are right. you focusing on? That I challenged our church just the other day with this, that if... if Sometimes you got to step back and say, is this really trouble or is this just an inconvenience? Am I making a big deal? Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes trouble is just trouble. Suffering is suffering. We've got a child with the illness right now that is, uh-huh. this is suffering. Like we're in it with him. We're believing God for healing. But it put a lot of things in perspective for me when we got a real diagnosis of a real disease that mm-hmm. we're really believing God for of how many other things in my life were just actually inconveniences. 
that were just irritating or frustrating. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you just get more of what you're focusing on. You're always moving. Your heart is always moving toward its intention. So yeah. if you're focusing on that trouble, you're going to get more of that trouble. So sometimes you got to stop and say, look, there's nothing I can do about this. Right. What can I do about it? Uh-huh. Can I change this, 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 or this? No. Then I can't focus on this day and night. I'm just going to magnify this instead mm-hmm. of the Lordship of Jesus. I'm magnifying the trouble. And, and what if you magnify, you get more of it. You just get more of it. You know, the Apostle Paul wrote... Um, the book of Philippians from prison. And what's interesting about Philippians is it is the, if you thought of a book in the Bible that talks about joy and walking in joy, Mm -hmm. and it's one of my mom's favorite books in the Bible because Mm -hmm. she lives Mm -hmm. in more joy than anybody I know. It talks about the word joy or rejoicing 16 times in just four chapters. They're short chapters too. It's it's a super short read. And he wrote it in one of these imprisonments that he was writing about. Because he knows there's only so much I can do. I can't I can't do but what I can do, and God has to do his part. So how long am I going to sit in this misery? You may not be able to change your circumstance, but you can change your stance uh-huh. in your circumstance. Oh, that's, good. that's good. You might not be able to change what happened to you, but you can change you in what happened to you. You know, and it says, and that, and that key, you know, in that verse is, the light affliction is just for a moment mm-hmm. while... We look not at the things that are seen. We don't get consumed with it. Right. We put our focus on that which is uh, eternal and not temporary. Everything you see with your eyes is subject to change. Right. Everything. You know, um, I was thinking about that, about the prison. You know, some scholars believe, and I, I tend to believe this, but wouldn't bank on it. But a lot of scholars believe that they were in the, what's called the innermost part of the prison. Mm. And a lot of scholars believe that that was a part of the prison, the dungeon, down under the ground, under the city, where the sewer emptied. Mm. And it's possible that they were standing at times, I'm not saying they were there all the time, but they. it's possible at times, Jill, they were standing knee-deep in, in human waste. Yeah. And he said he counts it all joy. Yeah, sure. I count it all puke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ecclesiastes 1.9 says um, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm. That what's been done now will be done again. What's been done before will be done now. You know, we're, we're just reliving and we can see history repeating itself over and over mm-hmm. and over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying don't be careful when you're in that place of, of focus that you're focusing on God's promise and not on the affliction that you're sitting in. And I understand when it's your body or it's your child and it's so hard not to focus on what you see with your eyes. But if you do that, you're going to believe that you're the only one that has ever suffered like this. I'm alone. Nobody Mm -hmm. understands. Mm -hmm. My husband doesn't understand. My pastor doesn't understand. You'll believe that your pain is so unique and so special. And now understand, it is unique to the heart of God. He cares about what's going on in your life, but it's not unique in that nobody understands and there's no hope for you. Or that there was a grace that God didn't make for this situation because it's so unique. Mm. It will it will trick you, and you will live in that. That will be your focus: is how alone you are, mm. and you will. I I've been there where I convinced myself nobody's ever been depressed like this before. There's there I'm a, I'm a fraud of a pastor. I'm a sham. Mm. If anybody really knew what was going on with me, and the whole time all I'm focusing on is that depression mm. and that struggle, and I'm getting more and more and more and more of it till I dug myself into such a hole I couldn't get mm. out. Yeah. You're going to get more of what you're focusing yeah. on. Now, what, whatever, it's, it's just the principle that God set up. Whatever you focus on, you get more of. And if you magnify your problem above God's answer, right. you're just going to get more problems. Right. 
you know, and so sometimes you got to start with baby steps, you know, start just with small things and, and begin to say over your life what God says about your life. You know, A.W. Tozer said, and I've put it this so many times through the years, A.W. Tozer said, the most influential and powerful thing in your life right now is what you think about when you think about God. Mm. Above everything else, yeah. what you think about when you think about God has more to do with your life than you can ever believe that it would. Yeah. How long a situation lasts is often determined by how you put where and how much focus you put on the solution. You know, Jesus said this, and we're going to wind this up and jump back in next week, but, but Jesus said the amount of thought and study you give to the truth you hear mm-hmm. will be the determining factor of what comes back to you. Yeah. What do you want to come back to you? Do you want more of the same? Well, keep doing what you're right. doing. Yep. You know, Einstein said that the purest form of insanity is to do what you've always done and expect to get different results. Right. If you like what you got, keep doing what you're doing. If you don't, it's time to change. Mm-hmm. Jill and I are going to come back uh, uh, next week and go further with this. Uh, we didn't get as far as we thought we might, but that's okay. Uh, but this week, you know, I, I want to give you an assignment. And Jill, if you got something you want to say, to give them, give them a little bit of homework. Take time every day to focus on how big and loving your God is. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a practical step, anything you want to share besides that, there's there's hope for you yet. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's oh, hope man. for you. I want to send you on a scavenger hunt. You've got to fight. You're always looking for what your heart's believing. Yeah. The minute that you um, suspect something, you're going to start looking for the information to uh, back that up. And when you marry those things together, it becomes a belief in your heart. Uh-huh. So I hope that you felt a little bit of hope today inside of you. And I hope that you will go on a scavenger hunt in your life to find reason to believe that this is going to change for you. Find some evidence in God's word. Find it in, in your circumstance. Find mm. it in your home that, that, that things are starting to change. It could be right under your nose, but you're so steeped in the focus of how bad the situation is, you can't see God's promise right in front of you. Mm. So ask him to remove the blinders from your heart so you can see, because hope is hope is present. It's in your home right now. That's right. You know, and this is it's just talking to you. This has jumped up in my heart. You know, you, you may be watching, listening, and, and I really felt like there's a number of people that you're really, you know, battling depression. Mm-hmm. You know, here are setting two people. Yeah. We have spent our lives in ministry, but we know what crippling depression is like. Like, we know what it's like to live on antidepressants. Oh, yeah. Like, I have to, I have, to have them to make it. Yeah, we, can't get out, we you know, can't get out of the bed. Yeah. Have to be made to shower. But let me tell you something. With God, all things are possible. And if he brought us out, mm-hmm. he'll bring you out. Mm-hmm. If you will start focusing on the right thing. And, and let me tell you, that's not always easy. Mm-mm. You know, it's, you know, grace brings forth effortless change. Mm-hmm. But changing your beliefs is not effortless. Yeah. You have to work at it. Yeah. 
So next time we'll go further with this. Until then, do your homework. And I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to sense as you apply the things that we said and we're going to say, you're going to sense very quickly, I'm coming out of this. And as Jill said a second ago, there is hope for me yet. See you next time. Bless you to you.